Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. Man, it's amazing to be with you guys. I love it. I love what's happening here. You guys encouraged with what God is doing in your life. How many of you are thankful that our God is a God that moves? You thankful for that? You thankful that when you come in in a place of need that he's faithful to meet us where we are? Anybody excited about what God has for us next? I am. Uh, I'm excited about it. And something that our team has been working on over the past couple of weeks that we want to let you in on. And it really is in a response to the word that I began to share last week. That we really have a sense that God uh, wants to take us into a strengthening season. Where we're, where we're not just enlarging our tents, but we're also strengthening our stakes. And God began to speak to us out of Isaiah 54, starting in verse 2. And it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, don't hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and the left, and your descendants will dispose nations and settle in desolate cities. And we really believe that God is speaking to us that, that our roots need to go deep. That we don't want to skip leg day is the phrase that we used last week, right? We don't want to be ripped up top and weak down low. We want our, our roots to go deep into the soil of the character and nature of God, and we want those roots to affect how we live. We want those roots to, to shape how we make decisions. And, you know, there's just so many things that we love and value. And, and in light of seeing Jesus as the main thing, there's like this whole list of things right underneath that that we really feel make us us. There, there are values, you know. And there's so many things that we, we touch on on a Sunday morning, but we can't really dive into the core and the why behind the what on some of the things that are happening here at Antioch. And so we just felt like in this response to saying, man, we want to strengthen our stakes, that we're, we're going to be launching an eight-week class that we're calling Values. It's an eight-week course that we're calling Values. And throughout those eight weeks, we're really going to look at a lot of the holding principles, the biblical truths that are, there are a lot of the roots that make us who we are as a community. Um, generosity and evangelism and discipleship and holiness and, and purity and time with God and different things that really are a massive part in our journey towards Jesus. And, and we want to just continue to offer opportunities for people that are saying, man, I want more. I'm in a place in my life where I want my roots to go even deeper. We wanted to create that space. Now, here's the, the, the kicker is that we only have space for 40 people this time around because of where we're doing it. So it's going to fill up really quickly. It costs $45 for individuals, $75 for couples. It's going to be on Monday night. It's going to start at 7, and it's going to end at 9. Um, and it's going to be kind of, I guess the closest landmark would be in the domain area. It's going to be around there. We're going to meet there on Mondays from 7 to 9. And the first one starts October 9th, and it's going to run eight weeks from October 9th on through November on Monday nights from 7 to 9. And I want to encourage you 
that if you call Antioch home, if, if this is your family, if it's becoming your family, um, to, to do values. It, it's going to be an amazing time. And literally uh, every week except two, uh, you're going to hear from leaders from across our movement, um, from all over the country that are be coming in and sharing about what it is that we believe about, enter the topic, worship. And why are we passionate worshipers? And not just saying like, oh, wow, let me observe. These guys like to kind of go for it and worship. But the biblical undergirding of the why behind the what. And as we understand those things, we're all going to go deeper and we're going to get stronger. And how many of you know that storms are coming? Right? It, storms always come. But when we have strong roots, we can withstand storms. Amen? So you can register for the values class online at AntiochATX.com or right after the service, you can actually, in our Get Connected Here space that Andrew told you about where you can find our welcome home table, we will have iPads set up for you there at the serve banner where you can register today. So here's the thing, guys. It is going to fill up. So don't wait. If you think you want to do it, do it. But here's the thing. Don't register and be like, that's like 10% chance that I'm going to come but I just want to go ahead and throw my name in there. And then you end up not coming because we only have 40 seats because of the room we're in. And so we want people to sign up who are actually going to be there so that we can fill it up. Cool? How many of you are going to sign up for values? Okay, we'll have plenty of space. <laughs> well, last week we started a series of talks that we called Living Zoe. Living Zoe. And how many of you last week can remember what Zoe means? Give it to me. Abundant life, right? That is the, the Greek word used for abundant life. A life that is full. A, a life that is filled with hope and expectation. An abundant life. A, a, a life that is, is lacking nothing. That is satisfied. And that word is used when speaking of, of Jesus, when saying that, that Jesus was the, the life, right? He is the abundant life, and, and that, or excuse me, he's the light, and that light is the life of man. He is the life, that abundant life. And then himself in John 10.10, 10, he says that I have come to give you life, right? I've come to give you zoe, abundant life. That, that we've been given an opportunity to walk in a Zoe life. But the truth is, is that in John 10, 10, before Jesus says that I've come to give you Zoe and, and for you to, to live that Zoe abundantly to experience the fullness and the, the hope and the, the, the satis, satisfaction of a full life in God. Right before that, it says that the enemy, the devil, has come to steal, kill, and destroy and so you have to understand that the, that the devil doesn't want you to have an abundant life. The devil wants you to have a what? Bummer life, right? The devil doesn't want you to have an abundant life. The devil wants you to have a bummer life. And there are schemes of the enemy to try to steal, kill, and destroy our ability to live Zoe. And last week, we, we talked about the scheme of, who can remember? What? Leg day. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. 
Offense. Come on, people. Offense. Right? Offense. The trap of offense. The trap of offense. And, and this was the phrase that we tried to remember, right? That just because something is offensive doesn't mean that we have to get offended. That just because something is offensive doesn't mean that we have to get offended. That being offended is a choice. That things are going to happen to us that are offensive, but us getting offended is a choice. And Jesus addressed that choice when he said that when people come and they hit you on your right cheek, what should you do? Turn and let them hit you on the other cheek. Things are going to happen to you that are going to be offensive, but we need to respond in the opposite spirit. Just because something is offensive doesn't mean that we need to get offended. And we want to kind of stay on that journey this morning and talk about another trap of living a zoe, a full, abundant life. And that is the trap of worry. How many of you worry from time to time? Right? I worry. I'm a worrier. All right? I'm just going to keep it. I can worry about silly things. Things that, that are, are not going to happen probably for years, maybe never. Well, well, it's almost like it jumps on you. Have you ever, has this ever happened to you? Like I've been driving my car. It's working great. Okay, no issues, no technical problems, air conditioners flying, it's, we're doing great. You know, I'm on 130, so I'm pushing 90 and feeling great about myself. You know what I'm saying? And so just like enjoying driving, nothing's wrong, and then all of a sudden it's just like this thought jumps on you like, man, I don't have money to fix my car if it breaks. Has that ever happened to you? It's like you're just minding your business, and then all of a sudden it's just like worry. And then I'm freaking out about something that I don't need. It's like, I don't need money to fix my car because my car is working. But I'm like driving, being like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? Like, well, how am I going to get around? Like, I, I, I'm not going to have any friends. Like, I don't have any. Like, right? I mean, and sometimes I worry about things that are like way more emotional. Like, when Liz leaves on a trip, like, she's leaving on Wednesday to go be a part of this, like, leadership if thing that's happening. This is, like, amazing women's deal she's a part of. And it's just, like, so she's leaving on Wednesday, and I know that Wednesday afternoon, after she leaves, I'm going to have the thought. Man, what if happens, what if something happens to her when she's driving? You know? Is it just me that this, that goes down this road? I'm like, man, what if she's in an accident? Or what if she gets, like, really hurt? Or worse? And I have legitimately, okay, for real, been sitting in my office weeping over something that is not happening. And I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? I can't handle these kids by myself, God. You know I can't do it. And she is fine. She's just driving. She's at Bucky's. You know what I mean? Like, she's not even stressed. But it's just like worry. It's, just, it's a trap. You know, it's like all-consuming. Worry is like so all-consuming. And, and let me say, as kind of a precursor, that what I'm not talking about this morning is the very real reality of anxiety disorders. Okay? And, and I, I, the simplicity of this message is not to minimize your fight. If you're in that fight, and, and my wife has that fight, 
And if you're in that fight of an anxiety disorder, then we're with you. It's a, it's a tough fight. It's a winnable fight. And, and we want to come around you and love on you and show you grace in the middle of it. But the truth is, is that that's some of us. That's not most of us. Most of us are just freaking out about what might happen. Most of us are caught up in the anxiety of potential problems. Not even necessarily real problems, but potential problems. Worry literally means that it's a state of anxiety or uncertainty over actual or potential problems. That feels so familiar to me as a worrier. It's just like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just like this anxious anxiousness that comes over me uh, about things that might happen or, or when it is something actually that's going on. It's like the worry accelerates the, the things that potentially might happen because of what actually is happening. And, and it's just overwhelming. And so I want you to look at your neighbor. Okay, look at your neighbor. Look him in the eyes. Come on, get awkward. Long stare. Long stare. Dudes, if you've been wanting to ask that chick out that you sit next to, now's your time. It's your moment. Get a number right now. Okay? I want you to look. I want you to look deep into their eyes, okay? And I want you to tell that person, don't carry it. All right, tell them again, don't carry it. All right, now check it out. I want you to look at the other person, your second choice. Option two. Okay? And I want you to tell option two, you look wonderful. And then I want you to tell them, don't carry it. Now, can we say that together? Can we say it together? Don't carry it. Can we say that one more time? Don't carry it. Philippians 4, starting in verse 6, is a passage that a lot of us who are Bible readers are probably familiar with. You've maybe quoted it to yourself in moments of, of worry and uncertainty. And it says, be anxious for nothing, and some reasons say don't worry about anything. Some versions say don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. Now, there's another passage that I kind of want to park right next to that passage, and it, it's actually a passage of Scripture that, that is Jesus talking to us, and it says, therefore, Matthew 6, 25, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This is Jesus speaking. What you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear is not life more than food and your body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor and Gucci 
was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink or what shall I wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly father knows what you need. Can we just say that part together? Your heavenly father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Everybody say, don't carry it. Don't carry it. Only this side of the room is talking. So I take, I take score, okay? So you're like, you know, it pays to be a winner. It's kind of a philosophy of my life. So it's just like right now, they're winning. So I'm going to give you an opportunity this side. Say with me, don't carry it. Okay, that was good. Now, one of my favorite things to do being married is traveling with my wife. I love to travel with my wife. She's amazing. She's so beautiful. Baby, you look amazing today. She's awesome. Love it. Love her. You know why I love traveling with Liz? It's because she's an adventure. Like, to, to be married with Liz is to live an adventure. I mean, it, she is, she, I do things I never would have done if it wasn't for Liz. And when we travel, I end up doing things I never would have tried if it wasn't for Liz. Right? Some things are good. Some things don't turn out as good. But we try them because it's an adventure. I love it. I love the adventure. I love traveling with Liz. Everything's more fun. I laugh more. You know, like, I, I, I enjoy everything more when she's with me versus when I'm traveling alone. But I do have an issue. <laughs> that issue is when a decision is made on the bag you are going to carry based on how it matches what you're wearing on the way to the airport. Not on the practicality of the bag itself, I have a problem. Here's my problem. I pack thinking practically. I'm going to have to carry this bag. I, I am putting things I want to come with me in a bag so that I can carry the bag with me where I want to go, right? Now, if I have a lot of heavy things, I'm going to choose a bag that has what? Wheels, because I'm thinking I'm going to have to carry this bag, right? Does that make sense to everybody? Are you all on my side of this argument now? Are we all winning against Liz? Okay? When you pack a bag because of the pattern of the fabric, and it won't even zip, and we have weights in there is what it feels like, you pick it up and you're like, oh, woman, you're not even a big person. Like, what is weighing this down? And then we get to the airport, and you look at me, and you bat those big eyelashes at me, and you're like, will you carry this for me? And I look right back at you, and I say, no. Because that was your call. 
I'm good. I made a good call. You made a bad call. Teach a man to fish. He'll eat for the rest of his life. You're going to learn a lesson, young lady. <laughs> carry your own bag. Right now, look, I want to be a gentleman. Of course, of course, I carry your bag, right? And I pay for it. It blows my back out for a month. Right? But, 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 but honestly, do you know what makes that hard? Do you know what makes that hard? It, it was weight I was not planning to carry. That's why it's so frustrating is because I had, like, planned to carry my bag. So complaining about the bag I am carrying would be kind of stupid because I made that call. But when you hand me something that I'm not planning on carrying, oftentimes that's the weight that feels like it's going to crush you. It's the unexpected weight on top of the weight that you already are carrying that is going to make it feel like you're, a, you're about to die, that you can't breathe, and, and everything all of a sudden gets harder. Right? Things that aren't even strenuous in your life, when you're carrying weight that you, that you weren't planning on carrying, all of a sudden the things that aren't strained become strained. And, and that is honestly what worry does. Worry is weight we're not supposed to carry. Everybody say, don't carry it. Right? Worry is weight we're not supposed to carry. Check it out. It's like this. Y'all ready to have fun? So what we're going to do is I'm going to have my friend come out and shoot me. And you're going to see, I'm totally playing. Some of, some, of some of your eyes were like, oh man, what kind of, I was just wanting to see if you would get worried or not. Just trying to give you a little weight. Right? Look, but th this is like what it feels like to walk around worried. It's like all of a sudden I put a weighted vest on, and no matter what I'm doing, what I'm trying to think about, I involve myself in other opportunities to try to distract me. Guess what I'm still feeling? I still feel the weight of worry. Right? I, I still feel the consequences of worry, the weight of worry. And you know, you know what happens when you carry around a lot of weight? You get tired. And, and even things that maybe you did when you weren't carrying the weight of worry, you did those things and enjoyed them or they were life-giving to you, even those things begin to exhaust you because we're carrying weight we are not supposed to carry. Right? And, and so we, we, get, we get used to functioning under the emotional fatigue of worry. And that emotional fatigue of worry begins to affect how we do everything. It invades everything. And so I might be worried about how I'm going to pay a bill. And all of a sudden I'm sharp with my kids. Not because my kids have done anything wrong, but because of the weight of worry Every aspect of my life is strained. And, and so we start walking around sharp 
and not grace-filled, but, but trying to, to, to make our own way and to protect ourselves and, because we're just tired. Because we're carrying around weight that, that we're not supposed to carry. That's why we're admonished by Jesus and by the, the writer of Philippians. Don't worry about anything. Don't, don't be anxious about anything, but the truth is we're anxious about everything, aren't we? It's like we're so used to the weight that this almost feels like responsibility. Come on, somebody. That we start believing this lie, this illusion that to worry is to be responsible. It's not responsibility. That's worry. We're carrying weight that we're not supposed to carry. And when we carry it, we get tired. And when we get tired, we want to quit. You never want to quit when you're fresh, right? How many of you ever started a race, and after two minutes, you're like, I'm done. Had enough. <sighs> Nobody. Right? Like, when, <laughs> Gus, when, when, when do you want to quit? When it gets hard, right? That's when the thoughts of maybe I shouldn't or maybe I should stop enter your mind. Not before you start the race, not when you're chilling, you know, not when you're carb loading for the race, right? No, everyone's, <laughs> oh, I'm finishing, baby. Give me another piece of pizza. I got to carb up, right? But no, it's not then. It's not when you quit, when you feel fresh and good. We quit when we get tired and the weight of worry fatigues us emotionally unlike any other thing I personally have experienced. Worry can suck life out of me at a rate that is unprecedented. And I can literally have one thought. I could be feeling great in God, great about my marriage, great about my kids, and one thought that might not be related to anything that I'm doing enters into my mind, and that one thought can suck every bit of life and hope and abundant, full zoe that I'm encountering in that moment can be gone in an instant. Because it's weight we're not supposed to carry. And that's why I love that Jesus gives us an opportunity to not carry it, but to give it. That, that we don't have to carry worry. Be anxious about nothing, right? But by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Don't carry around the things that are worrying you. Give them, cast them, 1 Peter 5 says. 1 Peter 5 says this. It says, cast all your anxiety on him, speaking of Jesus, because he cares for you. So when we're worried, we don't just have to sit in the weight of worry. We can be like, no, I'm going to cast this onto you. I can't, I don't want to carry this weight anymore. God, I'm going to cast it on you. Jesus himself echoes this in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where he says, 
Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And check this out. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is what? My yoke is easy, and my burden is what? Light. Jesus is saying, you don't have to carry. We don't have to carry this worry around. So when things happen in my life, right, the goal of Jesus is not that we would come to this place of not being emotionally aware. This is important for us to understand, that experiencing the hope of God does not mean that we're not going to experience the reality of life. And the goal of Jesus is not that all of a sudden you would ignore all of the things that evoke worry that are happening to you. Things are going to happen to you. Things are going to go on around you that are going to evoke the emotional response of worry. That worries me, right? What what is going to happen to me? What's going to happen because of this to me? Where am I going to go after this? What am I going to do, right? Those emotions are real, but when they come, we don't have to carry it. We can cast it. We could be like, Jesus, I'm casting my anxiety on you. I don't have to carry this anymore. I don't have to carry around weight that I'm not supposed to carry. Because weight I'm not supposed to carry is going to crush me. But here's here's the other side about weight we're not supposed to carry. When we carry what we're not supposed to carry, we can't carry what we're supposed to carry. Let me say that again. When we carry what we're not supposed to carry, we cannot carry what we are supposed to carry. Because there is a weight that we are to carry. There there is a weight that we should carry. And it's not a weight that's heavy. Jesus describes it as a light burden. That his yoke is easy and his burden is light. There is a weight that we are supposed to carry. And it's this. Matthew 16, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me and deny himself and take up his cross follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life will find it and if we're just going to have a real honest conversation right now when I'm carrying the weight when I pick up the weight of worry when I put on the anxiety of actual or potential things that are going on and I wear it as false responsibility then the weight of the cross what I am supposed to carry the burden of the heart of God for those around me to come to a knowledge of Jesus' radical intentionality and love for their life that's what feels like a burden and we throw off the cross how many of you in times of super anxiety and worry want to give up on God. How many of you had that thought? 
I've had that thought. When things get super hard and things get super intense and I'm overwhelmed and anxious, my thought is not to cast off the worry. My thought is I'm going to cast off God. This thing is just not worth It's too heavy to try to think about somebody else, right? And that's exactly what Jesus says, that if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. The worry is just me just trying to save me, really going to happen to me? How's this going to affect me? Even though I'm worried about somebody else, it's really how what might happen to them is going to affect me. The things that I'm going to have to go through, it's saving me. And it's fighting against our ability to live Zoe, to, to experience the abundant, full, hope-filled, radical, totally satisfying life with Jesus that happens when we carry his yoke, the burden that is easy and the, the yoke that is light, that is carrying around the burden of the gospel. We can't see past our own worry when we're carrying weight that we can't carry, that we're not supposed to carry. But when we're carrying the weight we're designed to carry, we thrive. And what you thought was going to hold you down, you step over because the yoke is easy and the burden is light. We don't have to carry it. We can give it. We can cast it. And here's what's beautiful about how Paul puts it in Philippians. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, make your request known to God. I mean, what an opportunity to see what is worrying us to be a catalyst for us seeking Jesus. Stop stressing about potential things that might happen and use the temptation to pick up worry as an opportunity to remind yourself, I, wow, I'm so glad I just got tempted to be worried because now I'm going to say, seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added. This now becomes like a launching pad for me, something that was weighing me down, something that was choking me out, straining my relationships straining my relationships with people around me, straining my relationship with God, the weight I was not intended to carry can turn into a launching pad, into a new revelation of the weight I am supposed to carry. Don't carry it. Cast your anxiety. Cast your worry on Him, on Jesus, because He cares for you cares for you. And, and his heart is that you wouldn't carry what you're not supposed to carry. His heart is that you would carry what he's given you to carry. And when we carry what God's given us, it doesn't feel like a weight vest. It feels like a rocket pack. Because that weight comes with power to support itself. Come on, somebody. The weight of the cross comes with power to support itself. So although I'm under the heaviest thing that's ever happened in history, that the living God came down to earth, lived a perfect life, did what I couldn't do, and then paid the price for what I did do. Everything that I did, every bad decision I made, every way that I turned my back on God, went my own way, chose to do what I wanted to do and not what he wanted me to do, made decisions that hurt people, my family, those around me. Every time I did that, I deserved death, the punishment of sin. 
says in the book of Romans, the punishment of sin, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life. And under the reality of that heavy yoke of the fact that I am living a life that's not my own, that I've been bought with the price, under that heaviness, it's light. Because there's power to hold it up. There's no power in worry. This weight's going to crush you. The weight of the cross is going to strengthen you. This weight is going to crush you. The weight of the cross is going to strengthen you. Don't carry it. Don't carry worry. And use those moments that tempt us to stress out and get anxious about what potentially might happen as launching pads to seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom in everything. Everything will be added to you. Everything. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Can I just say that a few more times? Be anxious about nothing. I'm just going to give it a couple more, okay? You just close your eyes. You let it just wash over you. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing. Don't be anxious. Don't buy the trap. Don't take the bait of something that's going to literally kill and steal and destroy your ability to live Zoe. Be anxious about nothing. Be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. We don't have to carry it. We don't have to carry it. We can give it. I believe that this morning, God wants to remove some weights from us. Some weights we've been carrying around maybe for a long time. Some weights of worry that maybe we're so familiar with that you kind of have started to blend that worry and responsibility line where it's just like so a part of who you are. We've tried to just put a dress on it and some lipstick on it so it looks better and we call it responsibility because we feel like we're supposed to be responsible. But really, the root is we're just worried. And that weight is crushing you. It's straining you. It's straining every aspect of you. Your relationships are suffering because of it. Your personal life is suffering because of it. Your ability to thrive every day is suffering because of it. And God is here this morning to say, don't carry it. Don't carry it. Would you stand to your feet? If that's you, some of our leaders are going to make their way down to the front. If that's you, if you're carrying weight you're not supposed to carry, let us pray for you. Let us ask the God of heaven and of earth, Jesus, the one who came so that we might cast those cares, cast that anxiety upon him. Let him come and minister to you and take that weight off of you and remove that vest from you and give you come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest so I'm going to pray and as I pray we're all going to respond and if you need somebody to pray for you don't miss your moment 
And every single week we say the exact same thing. If you don't know Jesus, if you have not made a decision to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are here this morning and you don't know what's going to happen after you die, and it's not honestly about how good of a life you live, it's about who you know. It's not about morality, it's about relationship. Jesus wants to know you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be near to you, not far from you. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In our darkest moment, that's when he paid the price so that we can be free and experience forgiveness of our sin. And just like he died and was buried and then rose again, nothing can hold us down because nothing can hold him down. Death can't hold us down. The fear of death can't hold us down. Our relationships can't hold us down because we serve a king who is above all and is everything and satisfies all things. And if you don't know him, now's your time. Now's your moment. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you want to know him, if you, if you don't know, if you know that Jesus is your king, and you're like, man, I want to cast my cares, but I don't know this person that we're casting them on. If this is your time, I want you just to be bold right now. Would you raise your hand? Every single week we see people give life, their life to Jesus. Anybody here, anybody here want to give their life to Jesus? Let's just pray. God, right now I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, counsel and power and knowledge in the fear of who you are. I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would overwhelm us with the truth that you have not designed us to carry the weight of worry, but you have created us to carry your burden, the burden of the cross. And God, we don't want the weight of worry to distract from the weight we're all supposed to carry. God, right now, would you fill us with courage to get what we need to cast our cares upon you and to experience the light burden and the easy yoke that is Zoe life, abundant life with you. In your name we pray.